0: no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save,
1: things are possible, things are possible. Hi, there it is. <laughs> it's Sunday morning, it's nine o'clock and it is great to have you here at Southfield today. We are embarking today on 21 days of praying and fasting. Some of you know that because you were here last week. Some of you are saying, wait, what? We're doing that starting today. That's why we're, that's why we're approaching this the way we are. Uh, we're, we're giving you uh, an opportunity throughout the day to decide when does your prayer and fasting season start. So it may be that you already began last night. Or it may be that you woke up this morning and said we're starting, or it may be that you're going to use the day to figure out your plan and go ahead and, and begin as, as the sun sets tonight. Whatever it may be, uh, we want you to go ahead and take the next step that God is calling you uh, to take, and we're looking forward to seeing the ways that God uses this, this season of, of spiritual intensity to grow us. So, uh, did you have a good week Friday? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No,
2: I I take that back. I did. I had a really comfortable, laid-back, easy week, Uh, but we had to do um, e-learning for this week, kind of as a buffer week uh, coming back from Christmas break before we go back in person over at Shanahan Junior High, and I don't know how you guys have been doing this the whole year. (laughs) That's it. That was tough. That was my first experience being fully remote, and it was hard, um, just in terms of staying in the same spot all day long. It's brutal. So uh, perhaps you guys who are going through it, keep going. You got this. Uh, but I'm glad to be going back tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. In person. In person means a lot. And, and even the chance that we get to be together right now is, mm-hmm. it's huge. It's really big. So Every Saturday uh, you receive the Southfield weekend update. We had some important things for you in that yesterday. And obviously you already know one of them that we have two service times being offered now beyond the eight o'clock. So we have eight o'clock for those that want to maintain that most extreme social distancing, the vulnerable, and then and then we've taken the nine, ten, and eleven and we Brought those together to just nine and ten thirty, uh, like we did in the past. So uh, it's working out really well, and we're just you know we're asking you to um, whatever you need to do, take the precautions you need to. Uh, we are going ahead and reserving seats if you want them, using the side over here. So if you let us know ahead of time, we'll make sure that your name is on some seats, and and, and you're able to and you're able to go ahead and do that. So uh, beyond that. We already mentioned that the prayer and fasting begins when you're ready for it to begin today. And then there's some great stuff going on with groups and going on with events that you can go to the website and check out. Uh, New season of groups. Are you jumping into any new groups or you have groups that are continuing? What what do you have? I don't know.
2: I guess I'll have to look on the app.
1: Oh, there we go. All right. You're going to find (laughs) out because this is really, this I think is going to be in many ways a game changer for a lot of us. It, it's possible that you've already been using the Southfield app. This past week, if you happen to peek at it, you notice that it really went, underwent a major revision. They've, they've really beefed this thing up now. So if you actually have the app, this is the only time I'm probably gonna tell you this, take out your phone right now. Go <laughs> ahead, quick check your messages, and then go to the Southfield app. Go ahead and do it right, right now. And you'll see, you'll see four buttons there, four bars, whatever you wanna call them. The first one will take you to the 21 Days Daily Guide. So rather than even waiting for the email to arrive, you can hit the button and go straight to the site. And right now it has a, it has a post up there about just preparing, preparing for the prayer and fast together. So that'll take you there directly. Where does Weekend Update take you? It takes you to the
2: Weekend Update. <laughs> so you always get the email weekly, but in that church center app... Um, you're able to, to access that whenever. So it'll always have the most recent update. Uh, so if you're, you know, when we publish it on Friday or Saturday, you'll, you'll have that throughout the week. Uh, so you don't have to go digging, scrounging through your email to find at least the most recent one, which is cool. And,
1: and that's really helpful because uh, Gmail and some of the other servers sometimes get a little too smart and they're not able to let a constant contact email through. So like recently I noticed that Rod Carlson's emails were bouncing. I knew Rod hadn't unsubscribed from us or something. So I'm like, are you getting these? No, and we were able to investigate a little bit of what was going on there. But if for some reason that doesn't arrive, you can go get it. So the final one was Button just letting you know of the service times and it takes you to explain how we're working services here in the winter. But that third one, something we're trying, we don't know if we'll keep it. If you were to go on that right now, you'd see what we're doing right now. Did you peek? Uh, that would be kind of fun to go ahead and see if you can see us. But, so you literally have um, the live stream on there. Let me see.
2: It works. Well, I have to hit play and stuff. But
1: Oh, look at that's us. So if I wave, how long does it take? A long time, just oh, go. okay, okay, forget <laughs> it, all right. So anyway, you've got that right there on your phone as well as past messages. The thing we're debating on it is we know that, like those of you watching at home right now, I know a lot of you, you go to the YouTube app and you've got, you've got us on your 48... 50, 60, 75, 90 inch, <laughs> 500 inch TV. There we are in your living room, and and most of us are not watching it on the phone. Mm-hmm. Having said that, when we've been away at the hotel or something like that, it's been nice to be able to pull out the phone and watch. So we're going to watch the hits on that and see if that ends up actually being useful and helpful or not. But but really get that app. Get that app, get signed up, and you see along the bottom, you're able to check the groups that are going on right now, as well as once you sign up for a group, it, your group gets, gets on that app, so that you can go straight to your group, and uh, you use that for, for yours, right?
2: Yeah, I, what I love it for uh, is seeing who's a part of my group, I hate the awkward group text that includes everybody, and you get a bunch of phone numbers that you don't know, and then having to ask, like, hey, would everybody type in their first name so I know who's who? And then you realize, I don't know their last name, and there are two Chris's in the group. Okay, (laughs) so going back, and all that information for the people who are in your group are there. Uh, So if you're looking for a group, maybe you're looking to join a group with somebody without going up and saying, hey, would you do a group with me? You Kind of look through and see who's a part of which groups, uh, which is a really cool feature. It also goes through events. So two of the events that were added uh, this week were Day Camp and Green Lake. So in the, the tab that's all the way to the right, down at the bottom there, uh, if you hit events, you can see all the different events we have coming up, along with all the details, descriptions, and opportunities to sign up for those. So
1: we're going to be big app pushers right now, because yeah. that, this, this is a fantastic way to get and stay connected throughout the week. Uh, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and move toward communion right now. And, you know, here we are in a season that we're talking about fasting, we're talking about pushing some things away, and in the process of talking about pushing some things away, we, we do get the opportunity to share in an ultimate meal, to enjoy uh, who Jesus is and, and everything uh, he is for us. So, again, if you didn't get communion on the way in the door, there's, it's at the back. We have it on the tables here up front. We have gluten-free on the side tables, but make sure you get communion in your hand. And, and Brian, I'm going I'm to have you read for us uh, Psalm 63. Psalm 63, I think, is a it, it sets off our prayer and fasting season with the right tone and a great spirit. So,
2: can I throw a wild card in before sure. I read that? Yeah, because this week uh, I'm on TikTok. I don't know if you knew that I was that cool or not, uh, but I am. I don't post anything, but, but I'm on there. And my feed is just flooded with pastors and, and games. So, I mean, it's not the most exciting TikTok uh, <laughs> if you go through my stream. But one of the, the, one of the things that I watched this week was a, a pastor delivering a message about um, living in a hotel. When you go to a hotel, you're on vacation or you're on your way somewhere. You don't bring all the things from your house mm. You don't because you expect to leave. You don't bring the toaster. You don't bring the fridge. You don't bring all of your clothes because you know that this is a temporary spot. And he was talking about people not longing for Jesus anymore, Mm. not longing for that relationship, not craving that relationship with God anymore. And it's because we've gotten so comfortable that we just expect everything to to go smoothly. We expect everything to, to be handed to us or we expect, you know, we've built such comfortable lives here that we don't need to long for Jesus. And I think through fasting, whatever you choose to do, I know I'm choosing to do um, a lot of, of a listening fast where mm. I'm not having any sound on in the car when I'm driving. Mm. I'm not using my AirPods for this three weeks, which is going to be really, really hard. Mm. Um, but no music, no podcasts. You know, Obviously, if I walk into Coles and there's music playing, I'm not going to walk around with a crazy person with my ears plugged. But my my goal is to Instead of just allowing the world to to kind of drown out my longing for Jesus, I want this window to to fire me up in terms of a craving for that relationship. And you hear that here in Psalm 63. Mm. You hear that craving. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and read. That's beautiful. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you and my soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Mm -hmm. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast, and I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you throughout the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while all liars
1: will be silenced. God, one of the reasons that we fast is to be reminded that we're hungry and thirsty. Sometimes we're so full of junk that we don't realize that we're hungry and thirsty. We're full of junk, and at the same time we're starving, and we don't even know it. And the best form of starvation is starvation for you. A hunger for you that that just, it's so intense. And all the clutter of the world, God, all that that junk just, it drowns out the intensity of our hunger and our thirst. And so in this season, we're going to be pushing some things away so that we recognize we're really hungry. We're really thirsty. But not for what we thought. We hunger and we thirst for you. Intensify our desire for you, our longing for you, our drive for you. Let it feel unquenchable and let it be quenched with only you. Only you. So if you take the bread... Let's take it together. <clears throat> you, Lord Jesus, called Yourself the bread of life. Bread, this, this most essential uh, food of of literally every culture. You are the essential food. Nothing else matters as much as you. Let our hunger only find its satisfaction when we have tasted you. And now go ahead and drink the cup. a crushed grape. You chose a crushed grape to symbolize your broken and bruised body, broken and bruised so that our thirst could be quenched. Let nothing else satisfy our thirst, God. Help us to realize how incredibly dry we are. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, hold on, before you take off, you took us to a good place, I think, and that is um, talking a little bit about the fast and creative ways to fast. I think for for a lot of people, they hear fast, they just think, I'm not going to eat for three weeks. Well, that's good luck with that, especially if you've not tried that before. But there are creative ways to fast. So, I think the one you raised, a sound fast, that is... We are used to noise and sound everywhere. It fills every void. And because it's filling every void, we don't get a chance to hear what's going on in here. We don't get a chance to really hear the voice of God because the sound is crowded in. So I think that's a great fast choice. Hear or process. <clears throat> right. Like we, just, we
2: don't give ourselves time to, to think about what we're hearing. It's just constant barrage. Whether it's just music or you know, podcasts or whatever it is, we we never gives our, give ourselves enough time to just to
1: listen and be and and learn and hear. We we God. dumped Comcast recently, and um, you know, so now we're an app family, just like the rest of the universe. Finally moved into the the century. And anyway, um, it, it's funny because TV shows are now taking about ten times longer than they used to, between your mother and sister pausing them all the time, but also. What did they just say? <clears throat> rewind, 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 rewind. And um, you realize how much noise is going on that you're not paying attention to. You, you full, pulled out your phone, you did something else, and you missed it. So that one's great. Uh, one piece of my fast, uh, in terms of food, I'm, I'm pushing away variety. I love variety in food. I, you know, I don't, I, don't want, I don't mind leftovers. I'm okay with leftovers. But I can't stand, like, if we ate the same thing three days in a row... I would feel like the most deprived person in all of the universe. I I love variety. And so a piece of my fast is I'm pushing away variety. I'm going to eat the same thing for breakfast every day. We pretty much the same thing for lunch every day and just have that lack of variety. See, so fasting can be really creative. It doesn't have to just be one particular item or piece or whatever. There are different ways that will call attention to our hunger and our thirst, our desire for God, because that's what this is about, is pushing us into a deeper desiring for God, both as individuals and as a church body. So thanks for sharing that, appreciate it. So here we are, and we're gonna break into uh, our teaching this morning, not focusing on the, the fasting side right now, but instead focusing a little bit on the prayer side. Talking about what it means for us to come to God in prayer. We're, we're kind of, if I look around the room, I, I, I'm guaranteed we are in all different places in terms of prayer. For some of us, honestly, we just don't pray. We let other people pray, we listen to prayers, but that's not our thing. We don't pray. Some, your prayers are, um, you you know, you do mealtime prayer, maybe bedtime prayer. You've got those prayers going. For some, you may have even moved into a bit of a, a devotional life of prayer where you spend some time in the morning every once in a while, or maybe even every day you spend time praying. We're all in kind of different places of prayer. I want to assume nothing in terms of our understanding of what prayer is and how it works, and, and what we're doing together during this season. So last week we, we commented that we're playing off of uh, Jim Collins' uh, acronym for goals that, a, that, a, that an institution, a company should take on, that idea of big, hairy, audacious goals. Well, we're not going to pray hairy prayers or even necessarily big prayers. No, we're, we're looking at bold, humble, audacious prayers. Bold in that we know that we are children of God and God, God lets us into his presence anytime we show up. There, there's no, sorry, I'm doing something important right now. You, you stay away. We, as God's children, we can run into the throne room of grace. We can be there with him in that moment. And we can have that boldness, not, not, not a spirit of arrogance, but knowing I belong there because I'm a child of the king. I belong there. At the same time, that's balanced with humility that uh, I know that God is God and I am not. Sometimes, I promise you during this 21 days of prayers, there are some prayers you're going to pray that you're not going to see an immediate answer here now. And you'll wonder, what happened? Did I not fast right? Did I not do this right? Why did I not see an answer? Sometimes the reason we don't see an answer, only sometimes, is because the thing we're praying is not something God thinks is best for us. You know, my kids... If they were seven years old and they said, dad, for dinner, can we just have licorice? Can we just have licorice? Now, there's part of me that would probably want to do it just because it would be fun. Moms would never do that, but dads do dumb things sometimes. But, you know, I, you know I, I'm going to look at my kid and say, neat idea, you can have licorice later, but right now we are eating that broiled fish. Eat. You're going to eat that. You're going to eat the right thing. Sometimes we come in with a spirit of humility, realizing that the thing we're asking for, God's saying, I'm your father and I know better. And so we approach him with that, that bended knee of humility that says, your kingdom come, your will be done. But then there's the audacious part. Audacious. Prayers that are just, they're not, they're not safe and in their little container. These are, these are prayers that are wildly big. Prayers that we're saying, God, we know you want to do great things in this world, and we're looking forward to what you're going to do. And and like I said, over the 21 days, you may not see the answer. And you may say, well, my goodness, why did I bother praying? Part of what I love about prayer is we have no idea the ways in which God answers our prayers. I am still convinced that the experience we're having here this morning is the result of prayer's prayed in a Swedish tongue in 1890 when this place was located over on Jackson Street. And there were people that prayed about the future of the church, and they prayed about us and didn't even realize they were praying for us. We don't know all the ways that God takes what we are lifting up to Him and brings about His holy will and way in the world. So pray audacious prayers. We ask those questions. Am I bold enough? Am I humble enough? Am I audacious enough to take Jesus at his word? He says he wants to answer our prayers. Will you take him at his word or not? Well, as you think about prayer, I want to ask you two questions. First is this, what is your image of prayer? When I say prayer, what image comes to your mind? What do you think? Maybe you think of grandma's house. The dining room used to have those two classic pictures that were facing each other, the old man and the old woman sitting at their their table with folded hand with the meal in front of them as they prayed. There's some image that comes to your mind. Maybe maybe you think of a person sitting in a pew or on a kneeler. There's some picture that comes to your mind when you think pray, when you think of prayer. But beyond, beyond just a simple picture, what image, what do you think, think of when you think of prayer? Do you think of it as, as powerful? Or do you think of it as kind of a, a last resort thing? Man, I've, I've tried everything else. I might as well pray. Do you, do you think of it as something that, that only weak people do? If you're strong, if you can handle it, why pray? What's the image that you have in your mind of prayer? We want to work on those images during these 21 days. But further, I'd ask you, what's your experience of prayer? What does it look like? If you, were to, if you were to just kind of look at the way you pray and what prayers look like through your life, what's your experience of prayer? My experience has been primarily an evangelical experience. I, I was a Catholic kid for, until I was seven, and then we went to a Baptist church. And so some of my experience of prayer, we prayed at every meal, every meal, home, restaurant, wherever we were, we prayed. And, uh, and honestly, after a while, I mean, there were two pieces about the prayer you knew. One was, you didn't dare pick up your fork until we prayed. I mean, you didn't, you didn't take a move to the silverware. We were praying first. But then beyond that, the prayers, they kind of, they moved into a predictable rhythm, a predictable cadence. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Bless the missionaries. And have a great day. Amen. You know, it was, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that. It was, it was a very predictable prayer. When we went to church, our pastor on Sunday morning did something he called the pastoral prayer. He usually lasted sometimes between five and seven minutes of praying, where he'd prayed through the needs of the people of the church, where he'd pray for some missionaries that we knew around the world, where he'd pray for needs that he knew of around the world. That was part of my early experience of prayer. Then as I started praying myself, I, I did everything from keeping lists and notebooks and journals of prayer. I learned the method many of us did of the acronym ACTS, where we adore God, we confess our sins, we give thanksgiving, and then we bring our, our supplication to him. We bring him our list of requests. These are just some of the experiences I've had in prayer. I wonder what yours have been. Maybe you didn't have an evangelical experience. Maybe yours was a, a, a Roman Catholic experience or, or a liturgical experience, and so for you, Most of praying involved something you had learned to recite and and you knew how to recite certain prayers. There were certain points in the service that that the person up front would say a word and and you knew everybody was gonna break into the same prayer at the same time. And honestly, there are some in in evangelical circles that look at that and go, well, that's not real prayer. I'll tell you what, there's something tremendously beautiful when a whole group of people is lifting up the same voice and the same heart in prayer. There's a unity there that represents that it's not just about Jesus and me, but but it's about the body of Christ as well. So we've all had different experiences of prayer. I'd like to present three words this morning that I hope will impact your experience of prayer over the next 21 days. I hope that it it may not transform it completely, but it at least nudge you in a different direction than you've gone before in terms of prayer. So three words, three words that describe what praying is all about, and the first is the word connect. Praying is an opportunity to connect. I think most of us think of prayer as an opportunity to communicate. It's an opportunity to talk, and to be honest, communicating can be connecting, but we know communicating isn't always connecting, right? Have you had the experience, perhaps in your house, perhaps even today, that you were talking and you realized somebody else was not listening? We can talk and not connect. Prayer is to be about connecting. In fact, you can use any variant. Connection, connecting, connected, connectedness. God wants us in prayer not to just come and read him the list. He wants us to connect with him. We read in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus would often withdraw to the wilderness for prayer. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Ask the question, why in the world did Jesus pray? You have God talking to God. Did did Jesus really need to stop and drop in order to to talk to God? Why did Jesus pray? And further, why did he do this, withdraw to the wilderness to pray? Why did he do that? I think there are those, and and I would certainly be among them, that say he did it in part to show us an example of what it meant to live as a human connecting with God, but, it, but I really think there's something more going on there. And that is simply he longed for connection with the Father. He had been with the Father and the Spirit for all of eternity, and now there is this sense of, of disconnection while, while in a human body. And he needs those times of focused connection with God. The wilderness, where he turned off the music, where he, where he pushed everything away, and now he's just alone with God. Prayer for Jesus was an opportunity for connectedness, deep connectedness with the Father, a connectedness that then moved beyond the event of prayer to all of his life being connected to the Father. He uses words like be with and abide to describe his his pattern of prayer with the Father. John 15, we read, remain in me and I will remain in you. He says that a branch, if it's, if it's not connected to the vine, it can't bear fruit. It's going to wither and die. It needs the connection. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit apart from me, cut off. You can do nothing. He doesn't say, when you pray, when you, when you, when you give me your list, you can do things. He says, when you're connected to me, when you're connected to me, the connection is what he's talking about. And he says, anyone who's not connected, Picked up, thrown in the fire. A little further in in verse 7, he says, Remain in me and my words will remain in you. And if you ask anything you want, it will be granted. He He shows the connection there between our prayers, our verbal communication with God, and the connectedness that we experience with God. The Bible actually shows us that that there are things that we can do to disconnect ourselves from God, to cut ourselves off from communication with God and experiencing God. Psalm 66 says, if you cherish sin in your heart, the Lord doesn't listen. He's not hearing you at that point. Isaiah 59, 2, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. What God wants for us is what the apostle Paul describes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He wants this state of never stop praying. Now, I say that and you're just like, that is that's an impossible goal. Even even the best among us, how in the world, how in the world can my can my mouth constantly be moving in prayer? How in the world can I constantly mentally be lifting up words of prayer to God, which demonstrates what that sometimes prayer doesn't involve simply expressing words. Prayer is this ongoing state of connectedness with the Father that certainly involves the conversation of prayer, but it moves beyond that to just experiencing a nonstop connectedness with God. I, I think one of the people that, that described this best was, a, was a, a monk actually named Brother Lawrence. He talked about the practice of the presence of God. In fact, I'm going to commend three very, very, very short books to you today. Okay, this one, this one is less than 100 pages and the print is really big. But three short books, maybe you take one of these and read it during the 21 days. He, I love what he says. He said, I want to live my life in such a way that it's not just that I'm expressing words to God all the time, but that literally every action I undertake is a prayer. That when I'm serving, my serving is not just serving. My serving is a prayer to God. In fact, one, a beautiful quote from him, he says, may I sense you in every moment and make my whole life a prayer. Can I move to a place of constant connectedness with God? Does the word connect, connection, connectedness describe your image of prayer? I think sadly for some of us our image of prayer is very remote and disconnected it's a picture that has nothing to do with with a true deep connection with god does the word connect describe your experience of god i would have to tell you that more often than not when we were when we were shooting out that really quick dinner time prayer there was no connectedness there we might as well have had a starting gun and said, ready, set, go, amen. Boom. That's all it was. It was a starting gun. It wasn't a moment to connect with God. God wants us to have connectedness with him. And so during this season, don't just focus on the words. Don't just focus on the list. Focus on being aware of the presence of God. Let me give you a second word, and that's the word power. Power. God wants, God wants us to experience power when we are praying. Mark chapter 9, there's a story. Uh, the disciples are actually arguing with some religious leaders. Jesus walks on the, up on the argument, wonders what in the world's going on. Come to find out that a man had brought his, his child who had been tormented by evil spirits... And the disciples couldn't heal him, and the teachers of the law are telling him they're doing it all wrong, and everything else. This kid, I mean, when he when this possession would take place, he'd foam at the mouth, he'd grind his teeth, he'd become rigid. It was just it was a horrible experience for this child. He had had it uh, for all of his days. Jesus is asked, will you help us? If you can, please help us. And Jesus responds, you know, how long must I be with you? Oh my goodness, come on. You can do this. This can happen. He brings the boy to him he sees the evil spirit. It throws him on the ground. He's writhing on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asks, how long has this been happening? Since he was a little boy, this spirit would often tempt the child to, to jump into fire or into water, try to kill him. He says, have mercy on us. Help us if you can. Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes and then the, the father expresses this sentence that I think is one of the more beautiful prayers in the Bible and one that we should own. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but overcome my unbelief. Aren't we all there? On one hand, we believe, we believe wholeheartedly that God wins. And then we look around us and go, we're losing. But God wins, but we're losing. But God wins, but we're losing. I believe, help my unbelief. Help me, God there's this crowd of onlookers and and he commands the demon to leave. And in the process, he doesn't leave without a fight. Kid's in convulsions. He falls to the ground. He appears to be dead. People are like, man, Jesus just killed a kid. What's up with that? Good thing they didn't have Facebook. There'd already be the image up, you know, wouldn't have seen the rest of the story. But then he helps the kid to his feet and he's whole once again. Afterward, the disciples are alone with Jesus and they say, Why couldn't we do that? What's the deal? You did that so. Why couldn't we do that? He says, This kind can only be cast out by prayer. Now, believe me, I'm sure they prayed, right? God removed the demon. Didn't happen. He's not talking about just a prayer on the spot, he's talking about a constant connectedness with God that leads to power in everyday life that leads to us when he says your king when we say your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven he's calling us to be part of seeing that kingdom come and that will be done here and that comes through constant connectedness with him not through a magic prayer thrown out here and there but through a life of prayer that's led to connectedness and power ephesians chapter 6 paul makes real clear we're to be strong in the lord and in his mighty power He says, look around, folks. We're not fighting against all the things you can see. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. We're fighting against mighty powers in the dark world. We're fighting against evil spirits in heavenly places. And then he goes on on through and tells us what the armor of God is to help us fight that. But then after he goes through the armor of God, he says, pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion." There's that thing again, a constant connection with God in prayer. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then he says, by the way, while you're at it, pray for me because I need boldness. And every time I hear that, I think of all the people in the world, Paul needed no more boldness. This guy was, he, he dripped bold. He oozed bold, which says what? It wasn't something that was just part of his natural personality. He needed God to empower him to do hard things as well. I just kind of suspect that after you've been beaten about six or seven times, you go, I know how that feels, and I don't want to do it again. And it takes power to stand up and say, but I'm going to do it again. It takes boldness to do that. So for this, I want to to commend a a, a book to you that I've I've read through so many times in my life. It's called Power Through Prayer by E.M. Bounds. Now, truth be told, it's written to pastors. So wherever we see the word pastor, insert the word minister because you're one too, okay? We're all ministers. We all serve. We all serve the living God. He talks about the fact that our churches, and this is funny because he writes it during the Civil War, okay? We, we would think that 150 years ago, uh, the world in terms of spirituality was, was in a good place. And he's saying, our churches are dead. They have no power. And why do they have no power? Because our pastors and our ministers are not on their knees. They're not living in connectedness with God. God wants us not only to experience connectedness, but he wants us to experience tremendous power in prayer. And then the third and final word is the word walk. I'd like you to reimagine prayer as a walk. Not prayer walking, I know that's a thing, okay? I'm talking about just prayer as a journey with God. We think of prayer as words I'm throwing out, in fact, often when we pray, what? We stop. We stop and pray. But I'd like you to think of it instead as a journey with God, as walking with him. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin. And what are we told? That they hear the sound of the Lord God as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Why did he walk, with, walk in the garden? Because he planned to come alongside his kids and take a walk with them and just enjoy the journey with them. It, Enoch, or, uh, in Genesis chapter 5, uh, talks about Enoch. It says he lived 365 years, which you're like, "Woo, that's old. No, that's young by there. way. That's like a 30-year-old for them. But anyway, he, it says he, he walked in close fellowship with God, and one day he disappeared, for God took him. Uh, Noah, we read that here's, here's a man who was righteous and blameless, living on earth at that, uh, more than anyone on earth at that time. He walked in close fellowship with God. There's that, there's that walking with God, experiencing connected with, connected with uh, connectedness with him. I love this verse from Leviticus. And by the way, it's not often you say, I love this verse from Leviticus, right? <laughs> I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people he wants us to experience this this walking along so during this season would you reimagine prayer as a walk as just an opportunity have you walked with somebody before down a path or somewhere you're walking you don't necessarily talk the whole time right Sometimes you're just quiet together, but you're together, and you're going in the same direction together, and you're seeing new things, and, and, you, and you're progressing along the path. You're not where you were before. You keep, you keep, even if you take the same path, it's different today than it was the other day. It's always changing. You see, we see prayers as things like an activity. I'm going to go do my praying or a list of requests that we're presenting to God, or even isolated events. I prayed this time, then I prayed this time, then I prayed this time. We don't see them as all one prayer, but pieces of conversation. But when we see prayer as a walk, we see it as a relational journey, two people walking down a road together. We see it as an ongoing conversation. We see it in terms of ever-increasing intimacy. I'm closer to you today than I was yesterday. And there's that deepening of love between the two of us. Revelation 3.20 says, look, Jesus is saying, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Third little book I'd recommend is by a man named Oli Hellespie,' He's a Norwegian theologian from many, many years ago. Simple title, prayer. You Google it, you'll find it, okay? Prayer, nice and easy. He talks about prayer in terms of intimacy. He, de- he defines and describes prayer. And he doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm getting this book for the first time many, many years ago, expecting to hear methods and how to do lists and all this, how to journal prayer, all that kind of thing. And he starts out with this simple definition of prayer. He says prayer is to let Jesus come into our hearts. Prayer is hearing the knock and opening the door and letting him in. Walking with him. So, prayer not just a conversation but connecting prayer not just something people who don't know what to do do but power prayer a walk with god a humble walk with god our team is going to come on up and we're going to get ready to do some singing And as we do, I just walk you through these questions again. Maybe today you're finding out we're going ahead and and doing this uh, fast together, this prayer together, and you still need to determine the answers to these things. What am I going to pray? What is that audacious prayer that I'm going to bring before God? Who's going to pray it with me? Who might I join in the process of praying? And then what am I going to give to God during this? What's the thing that I'm going to push away in order to experience more of God? Sometime today, maybe you already started, maybe you're making your plans, and, and you'll be ready to, by the end of the day, sometime today, kick off your 21 days of fasting and praying. Check in on the app every day. We'll have something that we're, we're writing and working through together and I look forward to the ways that God is going to grow our connectedness with Him in ways that, that we've not been connected before. Ways that God is going to intensify our walk with Him and bring tremendous power to His people. So, can go I ahead. You something? sure can. You can. How you doing? I'm um, good, good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> um, as you are talking about walking, yeah. think about my favorite part in the song, um, we're going to do the blessing. It's just a beautiful prayer. So perfect for this time. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, and it has such beautiful music and beautiful words, but there's this part where the words and the music really come together. And it's the first time we go through the bridge and we start talking about his presence mm. right before you and behind you and beside you and all around you. And during that time, listen to Jason, because he's pounding on the drums, and it literally sounds like God is like walking into the room. Oh, awesome. And it's so great. And I just... That's cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, So you know what we're going to do this morning? Two songs. (laughs) Woo! Let's stand and sing. (laughs) Let's go.
0: shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward
1: Let me speak for me. You all don't know how much I needed that. I, it's been a sad week. It's been a hard week. I needed to come in here and have you take my head and plunge it under the river of truth and hold it there for a little while. And you did. I needed it bad, and I'm so glad you did. This week, as you move into the prayer, into the fast, would you remember those words? If you don't have a theme for your fast, grab this one. There is nothing better than you. Every time you go to reach for that thing, you're not taking. There's nothing better than you. Nothing at all. Father God, as we walk through this week and we hear your footsteps, those footsteps right along our side, not as we're necessarily uttering words, but we're just enjoying the presence of the living God as we're connected with him in a moment that we call prayer. I pray in that moment that we would know the truth that you are before us and behind us and within us and around us. There is no place that we escape the presence of the living God and that we are truly blessed. This generation and the next generation and the generation to come, we are truly blessed because of the connection we have with the Almighty God. Let us live in the light of your presence Let us live our lives as if they are a prayer because they are. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I am so grateful you were here today. You enjoy your week.